Woot. Here we go. Yeah. Da -da 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 -da. Charge. How are you? Good. Yeah. Hello, Steven. Welcome back to St. Charles Thank for this uh, next episode of the Deus Volt podcast. Deus Volt. Yeah, and welcome podcast. to uh, all our listeners once more. Yeah, once it's amazing more. you keep coming back. God bless yeah. you all. Yeah. The um, How are you, they, Father Dan? They like us. They really like us. I don't know if that's true. Well, at least they tolerate us. Yeah, they <laughs> want to see what, what, what are they going to say next. <laughs> uh, what do they do next? What? In the center ring. Johnny. It's a big circus for sure. Well, dun, 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 no, what was it? What's the March of the Gladiators? No, that's Flight of the Bumblebees. Uh, um, I have no idea. I don't know what you're going for. There's a song called like the March of the Gladiators, and oh. that's always played at like circuses. Oh, is it? Da, 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 yes, that, that that's yeah. it. Perfect. That's March of the Gladiators. Something that's, like that. that it's seems... got the word gladiators in it. <laughs> that seems a bit a, a bit inappropriate for a clown and elephant show. Well, maybe it's like an irony thing. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Irony. That makes uh, sense. Yeah, I, and the clowns come out and it's, it's, it's March of the Gladiators. It's ironical. Yeah. Is that a word? No, it's no, not. No, it's not a word. Good well, hunting. Anyway. I, I tell people you're smarter than me. Come on. Live up to uh, it. Yeah. No one's surprised that I'm not. Okay. Oh, anyways. Yeah. This has been another terrible reveal on the Davis Vault <laughs> podcast. But setting that to the side, how's the priesthood treating you? Still not a month yet. Yeah. Still, still a baby priest. Um, things are going great. I Well... So I actually just got back from Steubenville. It figures my my first weekend at the parish wasn't at the parish. Uh, did you run into Father Dennis De Benedetto over there? I was with him the entire time. No way, he didn't tell me that. Yeah, he was at yeah he was at Steubenville conference with some kids oh, from his parish. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, so that's what I was doing. I was uh, helping to lead. I, you know, it's funny though because I wasn't hardly even with the kids. <laughs> well, it's just the nature of how priests are are made use of. Uh, did... Well, because they they make you hear confessions. Well, so they like, make me do it. Well, no, I don't mean that. I know. I don't mean it that way. By that, I mean to say, like, I felt like I was kind of a little bit disconnected with my my kiddos because, like, when I was with them, we were all listening to conferences together. Yeah. So I wasn't really talking with them. Uh, and then any time that they had free time to do, like, uh, you know, small group stuff and, yeah. and talk about things. You were at confession. I was hearing confessions. Yeah. So, like... Or, you know, I, I did go and visit my friend Father Nick while I was in Steubenville. Oh, just cool. for a couple hours. But... But anyway, um, but it was just kind of like, dang, I, I, I want to get to know my, my kids, and it just seemed like we were ships in the night a lot. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it was the, the, my first marathons for confessions. Um, oh, yeah, that'll, that'll keep happening. Yeah. It's good. No, I know, but it was, just, it was just interesting. It was just fun. I thought it was fun. I, I, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like exhausting but exhilarating, mm -hmm. you know? I wonder and, how surgeons feel, honestly. Uh, well, maybe, maybe, sort of. Doctors of souls here, mm -hmm. cutting out cancers. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, and they confessions were from like 9.30 to midnight, both Friday and Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And so you get done, it's like tomorrow. <laughs> and you, you, need to, you need to find yourself back at, at the, the residence hall they have you at and mm -hmm. go to bed as soon as you can. Right, because um, you got to get up, what, in like 7 or something? Yeah, seven or, I mean, fortunately, they, they understood, like, hey, we kept our priests up super late, so maybe we shouldn't start at ridiculous o'clock, you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so the, 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 the weekend, the timing of things is definitely oriented towards, like, young people who stay up late and get up late. Well, so. Know your audience, know your... Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it was good. They're like, hey, we realize, um, you know, they would actually, they would have been really good about it. They've gotten this down to a science at Steubenville. Oh, yeah? Where, like, 
they keep an algorithm. They, they have literally like computer software. It says, this is how many people we have at the event. This is how many people have gone to confession already from what we can tell mm-hmm. just because they count people coming through the doors. Right. And then they say, okay, well, we don't need to have quite as long of confession times because so many of them went the first night or whatever. That sounds or, easy. Yeah. So anyway. Sounds efficient. I mean, they've been doing this for years. So German efficient. It kind good. of. Well, Steubenville. Steubenville. <laughs> Baron von Steuben. That's who, uh, that's who that was. So Really? Yeah. I didn't Who's Baron von Steuben? I have no idea. But oh. it's who the it's, But he was definitely was a baron and German. And it's who the city is named. Oh, it's city, town. City is not really the right word. There's no there's no skyscrapers. Well, no, uh, city is a uh, 10,000 people, I think. Oh, then maybe it is a city. Yeah. I have no idea. But Whatever depends on what your definition of city is, but anyway, I go by the municipal county definition. Thank you very much. <laughs> so Steubenville is is named after Baron. I think I'm pretty sure it's von Steuben. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but anyway, a German guy. I'm pretty sure he was Some German. I don't know enough about him. I don't really know anything about him. Should we speculate wildly? <laughs> I, I leave that up to you. Yeah, you think he flew like a fighter plane in World War One? <laughs> Yeah, and fought against Snoopy the the Beagle. Wow, we're just mixing and matching here, <laughs> the aren't Red we? Baron. The Red Baron. This has been another horrible reveal in the Dave's Vault podcast. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> speaking of fun German people. <laughs> Go on. I'd love to see where this is going. <laughs> so it's actually really funny because uh so far our profiles in fun cath and cool Catholic people. Uh, it's it's we've only done the one. It was Dr. Rudolf Ahlers, right? He's Austrian, right? Uh, uh, yeah, Austrian, but you know he's kind of close, and he spoke German, I'm sure. So <laughs> close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Go see what, on. See what the von Trapp family thinks. No, about ethnically, that. ethnically Austrians are Germans. Like, yeah, I that's mean, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, Germanic, right? That sort of idea. Uh, the Czechs are German too. Yeah. Sure, whatever. kind of like kind of like how like Slav is a catch-all for Eastern European, sure. Russians right. are Slavs, and all those Poles people. are Slavs, and right. Yeah, doesn't Gen- mean they all generally speaking. But, yeah, <laughs> just saying. Like, there's a, it's been a. You can say Austrians or like Germans and like Czechs. I ish. think ish ish ish. Yeah, don't get mad on us, our Austrian listeners. I don't even. Do know we have, have Austrian? I listeners? don't think so. Anyway, oh. anyway, <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. If we did, blessed Karl von Habsburg, pray for us. Yes, truly. Um, okay, so speaking of Germans or Austrians or speaking of German speaking people, how about German speaking? There we go. That's better. Mm-hmm. Speaking of German speaking people. Indeed, a particular Bavarian mm-hmm. today. So today, first off, today is the feast of Saints Peter and Paul. Saw the solemn feast. Yeah, happy day solemnity. Saints Peter and Paul. In in uh, Catholic tradition and culture, traditionally, both Peter and Paul were martyred on the same day. Yep. And so you have Paul's beheading and Peter's um, upside down crucifixion happening on the same day. And in these places, the the two two of the major basilicas sprang up. You know, mm-hmm. you have Saint Paul outside the walls, and you have uh, Saint Peter's in Vaticano. Right. In the <laughs> you might have seen it once. <laughs> you might have you might have heard of it. Um, so anyway, so today is you celebrate both of these um, apostle martyrs, pillars of the church together. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Pillars of the church, things, uh, and actually foundations, foundation of the church, the rock upon which the church is built in a certain mm-hmm. sense. Right. That's all over the uh, the readings and, and the Mass for today. It's really cool, man. Go to Mass today if you get the chance, it's, brothers it's and so sisters. Good. Although you're listening to this in the future, so... In Still the, go to Mass, even though you you're from hearing. the future. <laughs> Just go to Mass. Oh, you might listen to it, to it today. I'm just going to try to drop oh, it Oh, you're going to drop it today? Yeah, yeah, oh, it needs okay. to drop today. So anyway, it's it's one of those kind of day of, last second ones. Day of day's fault. Day of Anyways. day's fault. Day of days. <laughs> 
okay. day Deus Volt day. But return to the German thing. Yeah, so Germans. <laughs> right. So Germans. Fun, fun Germans. Uh, a particular Bavarian who was ordained this ordained to the priesthood, ordained to the priesthood this day, 70 years ago today, the feast of Saints Peter and Paul, none other than Joseph Ratzinger, who ended up being Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. So I, I a feel huge... like we should have had like music or something. Yes, I know. We needed like alpine horns in the background or right. something, or or you know, uh, what are they listening to? A German fest? music yeah. or something like that. <laughs> we need to be wearing lederhosen underneath our cassocks or something like that. Uh, yes, I know you're too Italian for that. Right. Don't make me reference German metal bands. <laughs> but the uh... <laughs> hey, listen, my you name is cool. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway. We it's it's a bit of a congratulatory <laughs> episode today to 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 uh, the Holy Pope Father, Emeritus Holy Pope Father Emeritus. Benedict the Sixteenth yeah Ratzinger who is still with us the and, man the uh, myth the legend yeah still sits in our midst as a as as a good and um, prayerful father yeah. right now right sitting in the in a, va- in a Vatican garden somewhere praying for the church and stuff that's right that's what he does does what he that's what he does best and that's what he has done best that's for what he a loves very long doing. time I sure hope he's writing too man like I remember like reading like really reading Ratzinger for like the first time in my life at seminary because mm-hmm. I had dabbled a little bit when he put out what was it um Deus uh, Caritatis Est, I think was the... Deus Caritatis Est. Yeah, yeah. it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful encyclical. I tried reading it, I think, when as I was a freshman or something in high school. Could barely get through it because I was an idiot. Hmm. Still am, but but now I, I, I work harder. Uh, not at being an idiot, but at resolving that fact. Yeah. Anyways, we can sit here and talk about how lame I am all day. But <laughs> the... But... Like then in, in sitting down in seminary and like opening up, oh, what was it on, oh, what's it called? Like the Christian faith or something like that? What was it called? Um, I'm sure it's on the shelf here somewhere. It, it is. Heart of the Christian Life? Uh, no, the other no. one about like, oh, his commentary on Christianity or something like that. Oh, well, Introduction to Christianity. Introduction to Christianity. Thank you very much. Right, here it is. Yeah. See, I told you it was on the shelf. The um, Joseph Cardinal Ratzinger, Introduction to Christianity, Ignatius Press. So good. And you're just like, this man, like the first 20 pages alone were like mind-blowingly awesome. Yeah. And like, and it goes on for like 300 pages. And granted, it, it's theology, but yeah, it's it, not boring. No, it's, it's, it's rich. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like just chock full. Like you have, you have to spend time with it. Right. You could literally yeah. take that to a holy hour and pray with like the first 10 or 20 pages. Right. And uh, unless, I mean... If you're a beginner to your holy hours, don't take it with you. You probably want to take like oh, story no. of a soul. This, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen to the last episode, right? But uh, but, but later on in right. your life, like a year or two in, like grab it and just like the first two pages are enough to meditate with. Well, I mean that's that's a pretty a pretty common principle that we were that we landed in a lot in seminary is like theology is best done on on its knees. Yes, right. Like it's this is this is not just an intellectual pursuit. It is it is an intellectual pursuit for the sake of. And at the service of the heavenly realities, right? Mm-hmm. So, and 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 sort of um, recognizing the work of the divine even in the world. Right? You learn, you learn so as to know, and you know so to love. Yeah. I mean, like that's that's the point of it all. Yeah, and, loving, cool. And and so, anyways, but no, the man. I was struck by his brilliance, and then to read right at the end of our of our time at seminary, uh, what was it on eschatology? Oh yeah, I got that one here too. <laughs> is like yeah, no, it's amazing. 
amazing stuff to just see this man at work. And then just like his, his biblical commentaries on Jesus of Nazareth, which he wrote as Pope. Yeah. Um, and from a fascinating standpoint of, of has, what, what would you call it? Because um, it wasn't like an encyclical. It wasn't like an official Vatican document. It was simply an exercise in like scholarship when he wrote Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and they're no, just that's... biblical commentaries. Basically, he goes through the Gospels and says, let me tell you about what's going on here and mm-hmm. here. And he says, this isn't like divine revelation. He says, but just simply as a scholar, this is what you see right. as you go through it. Right. And I mean, this is to say nothing of the man himself. Right. Who's incredible. Is right. I mean, his, his life man. is very, very interesting. Oh. Uh, so to speak of something of the man himself, yeah. I actually am just going to, I'm just going to totally read very, very quickly. Um, the, the brief biography they have on the USCCB website for, oh. Pope, for Pope Benedict they have XVI. biographies on USCCB? I guess so. The things they got on that website. <laughs> yeah. They got it all. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Pope Benedict XVI, formerly Joseph Ratzinger, was born on April 16th, 1927 uh, in, in Bavaria. He was ordained a priest on June 29th, 1951, 70 years ago today. What? His father, a police officer, came from a traditional family of farmers in Lower Bavaria. Hmm. He spent his adolescent years in Tronstein and was called into the auxiliary anti-aircraft service in the last months of, the, of World War II, yeah. which people don't really realize, like... Like yeah, he was he, he was, was in the on, army. He was, was in the army. He was thirteen, and he was drafted was, in. Yeah, down in the Balkans, as I recall. Yeah. Um, Can you speak a little more to that? Do you know anything more about that? I know they abandoned the anti-aircraft gun the second everybody left. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. Well, I mean, they needed to get out of there because right, it was the tendency to bomb those. So, so Pope Benedict, when he was very young, was part of a last-ditch effort of, on the part of the powers that be. Nazis, I believe they yeah, were. Yeah, they were Nazis. Yeah, and yeah. they they pretty much drafted everyone, old men and young boys, yeah. uh, even a few girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the girls were mostly volunteers, neither here nor there. And they just threw it in as this this will win the war. Good. It's amazing what you'll do when you're like desperate not to be you know found out for all those terrible crimes you were doing. Yeah. Um. But be that as it may, uh, Ratzinger was one of those kids scooped up. Right. And again, he got out of there as soon as he could. And to my knowledge, he never really, I I mean, uh, yeah, like he doesn't talk about it, uh, to my knowledge. I've never seen him make any reference to the experience. It probably wasn't all that much of anything. Right. It it seems that it really wasn't that big of a part of his life. Right. Like he just sort of says, this is just something that happened to me. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) and he was, I mean, and by his nature, he's more of a, of a scholar, right. of, a, of a theologian, of a, of a student and a teacher. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I always find it sort of interesting, like, how his father was this policeman, but he none of it ever seemed to, like, rub off. I mean, he's all into law and order. But yeah. the... <laughs> yeah, but, which we see later on, well, right? I mean, what's the principle of order? God. There you so, go. So, but neither here nor there. Go ahead. What so else? So, anyway, from 1946 to 51, the year in which he was ordained a priest and began to teach, he studied philosophy and theology at the University of Munich and at the higher school in Freising. In 1953, he obtained a doctorate in theology with a thesis entitled The People and House of God in, in St. Augustine's Doctrine of the Church. So, he's kind of, he's a, a bit of an Augustine scholar, at least in his doctorate. Yeah. Right. So, four years later, he qualified as a university teacher. He then taught dogma and fundamental theology at the Higher School of Philosophy and Theology in Freising. By the way, yeah. I was looking at the the uh, commemoration in, in the Introduction to Theology, and he dedicates the Introduction, sorry, in Introduction to Christianity. Yeah, yeah. 
in the introduction to Christianity, he dedicates this book to his students at Freesing. Oh, what so a good guy. Isn't that cool? So let me see. Yeah, make sure of that. Ben. Uh, yeah. Freesing. Awesome. Bon Monster. So, and uh, Tubinian. So anyway, there's that. Later on, um, okay, da, da, da. then in Bonn, and he actually, so, so not only Freesing, but also Bonn. I don't, I'm, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Oh, and as well as Munster. I don't even know where it is. And Tubinga. So the, 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 in Germany, I know. Basically, yeah, all over Germany. But he was he was a professor at each of these places. And so Introduction to Christianity is dedicated to all these places. Mm-hmm. In 1969, he became a professor of dogmatic theology, unsurprisingly, and of the history of dogma at the University of Regensburg and vice president of the same university. <laughs> and actually, the eschatology book is dedicated to his students at Regensburg. Oh. So, so there you go. Right, so he's he's a he's a professor, right? That's yep. like that's like the early part of his priesthood. Like the guy's mind is 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 brilliant. And right, the dude's a genius. Right, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> he's awesome. Right, 1962, uh, he was already well known when, at the age of 35, he became a consultor of the Archbishop of Cologne, our, uh, Cardinal Joseph Frings, at the Second Vatican Council. He was so he was an attendant, an attendant priest, a consultor, sure. a theologian at the Second Vatican Council. Right. In the same time uh Carl Wojtyla, is he a bishop attending? I don't remember where Carl Carl Wojtyla. I'm sure he would have been by I then. know I know he was. Yeah. yeah, no, he certainly was. So they're yeah. they're both there, but one's one's just as a sort of like an advisory capacity for his bishop and the other one yeah, is Who's, the this, Archbishop of Krakow. Right. So anyway, uh his numerous publications include Introduction to Christianity, a collection of university lessons on the profession of apostolic faith, published in 1968, and Dogma and Revelation, an anthology of essays, sermons, and reflections dedicated to the pastoral ministry, published in 73. In March 1977, Pope Paul VI named Father Ratzinger Archbishop of Munich and Friesing, and on May 28, 1977, he was consecrated the first diocesan priest in 80 years to take over the pastoral ministry of the large Bavarian diocese. Oh, Paul VI cool. elevated him to the College of Cardinals in the consistory so cool. of June 27, 1977. On November 25, 1981, he was nominated by John Paul II to be the prefect of the Congregation of Doctrine of the Faith. There's your law and order, mm-hmm. right? Um, Cardinal Ratzinger was elected vice dean of the College of Cardinals on November 6, 1998. On November 30, 2002, he was elected as dean of the College of Cardinals, which puts him in place later on for something pretty big, right? Mm-hmm. He served as president of the Commission for the Preparation of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. And after six years of work, he presented the new catechism to the Holy Father in 92. So you really have not only Pope John Paul II to thank for the, for the Catechism of the Catholic Church, but you also, very, very, in a very, very important place um, for the work of it, you have Cardinal Ratzinger, mm-hmm. later Pope Benedict, Benedict. Uh, to thank for that. Following the death of John Paul II on April 2nd, uh, 2005, and his funeral on April 8th, which, by the way, the funeral of John Paul II was the, the principal celebrant of that funeral mass was none other than Cardinal Ratzinger. Ratzinger. So that's, and it's very, just, I mean, watching, you can still go and go, go to YouTube sometime, like go to YouTube and, and watch the funeral liturgy for John Paul II. And just like, it is, it is like just chillingly oh, for I mean, beautiful, of course, mm-hmm. but it's a funeral of a Pope. So it's also, it's also kind of, um, it, like uh, oddly sorrowfully sorrow like solemn mm-hmm. and 
seeing Cardinal Ratzinger being being the one who's the like incensing the coffin, mm-hmm. and he's you know he's saying mass, and it's out in St. Peter's Square, mm-hmm. and it's a freaking crazy windy day. I think they had the Book of the Gospels on on the Pope's coffin, and it was so windy the pages were just flipping all over the place. <laughs> and one at one time, it just closed the book. Oh entirely. wow! Oh yeah. wow! Right, that was that windy that day. So just a totally nutty, crazy, and 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 beautiful um, thing to to watch. But then, you know, looking into the past and knowing, like, oh, like that's the guy who would become pope. Can you imagine saying the funeral liturgy for the for the pope? Well, they were good friends to boot. Like, it's an incredible. Oh yeah, his relationship with with Watia with JP two is is like true friendship. Yeah. And I mean, how he ended up... So for those of you who don't know, when we mentioned Law and Order Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, that is the... Uh, that's The old name for that organization was the Holy Inquisition. And right. their job is to make sure that, you know, nobody messes with dogma. It's the most important part of, of the Holy See and in, in its right. governance. Anyways. Well, think think what the word inquisition means, right? right. To ask questions. Go and ask don't, questions. Don't go follow things. the black legend. I mean, like, it has a very important role. Right. And... Yeah. And they're, so you, they're doing research. They're doing study into things. Right. right. And... Following up. Yes. And we love order. But the... Uh, <laughs> but he... He never wanted the job. Again, listen to that first half of the biography again. He's a professor. Right. He's a teacher. He mm-hmm. loves that. And he loves to think and pray. Right. And John Paul II, as I understand it, asked him personally mm-hmm. to take on the CDF, to become the con- the head of the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. And he said, okay, fine, but for like only so many years. And JP said, yeah, okay. And <laughs> He was there for like, a long time. <laughs> well, those years went by and he went back and he said, all right, it's time for me to leave. He said, no, no, no. He says, when I said you could have that time, he says... I actually meant until I died. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. And I mean, also being dean of the College of Cardinals. Um, but anyway, so he's he's in the position of dean of the College of Cardinals, so therefore he's leading the College of Cardinals at that particular uh, conclave, conclave in which he was elected. So the conclave opened on April 18th, and Cardinal Ratzinger was elected as the 265th Supreme Pontiff of the Roman Catholic Church on April 19th, 2005. He chose the name Benedict and became Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. So there's there's the gist of his life, right? And of course, there's so much going on, you know, after after that election to the papacy. Uh, his papacy then follows, and right? That's I mean, incredible. And there's so much more, so much more life even there, right? Um, and and I think the reason, actually. Benedict, I mean, I have a, a picture of him on my wall here. Um, <laughs> he's he's a hero of mine in a, in a lot of ways. Just just sort when did of that from... happen? Let, let me know why. Why? I mean, I I well, love popes and stuff, but I've never actually so, thought of one as like my hero, especially not a living one, in a manner of speaking. Well, some of it is just the sort of the the natural um, uh, love of a son for his father from a young age, right? So, like hmm. for me, growing up, John Paul II. John Paul II was kind of an old, frail man. I didn't really know who he was, and I was I was too young to really understand who he was. Mm-hmm. And then there was all the hype around a new pope being elected, and that was I mean, Pope uh, Pope Benedict was was the pope for my kind of coming coming of age years. How old were you when he was elected? Oh my About. gosh, I was probably I was I was in the middle of grade school. Okay, somewhere wherever okay. that is. Gotcha. Um, actually, I was at West Point when it happened, and I just sort of like remember it. Like we all like sort of gathered around like. A laptop. I was like, oh, I got a new pope. Right. And I thought that was cool, and I went about whatever it was, getting hazed or something. I was at the end of sixth grade, oh, so like gotcha. th- that's that's how old I was, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
um, end of the sixth grade, you know, getting into junior high, and all of a sudden, like, new pope, oh my gosh, this is crazy, like, the, we've always had the same pope my entire life. <laughs> uh, I wasn't very old, True. But, but I mean, I never knew about what that was, and so all of the all of the stuff about what a conclave is and all that kind of stuff sort of came out. And oh, the news being, media loves it every time it happens. Right, right, because it's, it's a big thing, and it's a mm-hmm. huge, beautiful tradition, right? So, I mean, why wouldn't you cover it? Mm-hmm. But then also, um, just, yeah, I mean, and it's all involved with heads of state and all that kind of stuff, too, so you're mm-hmm. going to have plenty of coverage. But, but like, for me, you know, growing up and going through high school, like, Pope Benedict was the pope while I was in high school. Hmm. And so... And there's all these things coming out that he's writing, and you know we hear Pope Benedict talked about a lot, and yeah, good holy man, and 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 extremely smart. I mean, how many different books did he write? Right. I mean, I have all sorts of writings sitting here on the on the shelf next to me, and I collected these things over the course of the years because I wanted to read his work. Right. So, and that, that and then of course is still carrying through. In a certain sense, I'm I'm a a Pope Benedict the Sixteenth generation priest, hmm. because That's a funny way to say it. Well, I mean, certainly, yeah. Of course, I'm, I'm I've been ordained while Pope Francis has been around, but like Pope Francis hasn't hasn't impacted my life. Well, no, as, you didn't know he as, existed, honestly, up right. until 2013. God bless Bergoglio; he was very much alive. But right. like the but where does <laughs> but, where where did all my earlier formation come from? Well, I mean, yeah, it came from, the, from, from the earlier popes. Yeah, yeah, from the hands of these other these earlier men mm-hmm. and. And so, like, I'm still trying to absorb things from Pope Benedict that it's like, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably never going to really get everything. But, but anyway, so he be, sort of became a bit of a, a bit of a hero in a sort of natural way, just as one, just as a son loves his good father from an early age because he doesn't recognize <laughs> he doesn't quite have the eye to, to recognize his own father's faults yet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, oh, the Pope is the Pope, and he's good, and he's and he's absolutely wonderful, and. Pope Benedict would be the, would be the first kind of humble person to tell you that he has things that are that are faulty with him. Right? Do you know what's funny? Sure, he's actually seen your picture, Dan. I know. Isn't that nuts? It's totally it's, like that's a good point. So true story. I yeah, think we yeah. Tell the story. Tell the we story. We mentioned Father Dan Scheidt in our last in our previous episode. We introduced you to Father Dan Scheidt, the pastor of Saint Vincent de Paul in Fort Wayne. And how does he know Benedict the Sixteenth? Oh gosh. I, I wonder if it was his um if it was the the relationship with the Casa Baltazar that must while he be was, it. while he was in Rome. The, but I think he just had an audience. He just happened to have an, an audience with the Holy Father. Well, no, it was no, no, no. This was a no? private audience. Brother. Oh my gosh, I didn't know. Like you didn't know that? Like he knows him. Oh my. And I I can't say well, uh but he wrote This is very Teresian. The uh <laughs> no, honestly. I'm going to come he, and grasp the Holy Father's hand and well, tell him something. Well, no, listen to this. <laughs> yeah. The so, uh, Father Dan studied in Europe at some point in time. Yeah, he was at the Casa Baltasar before his before. Seminary. And while he was there, he studied under Ratzinger or something like that. Or Ratzinger had a class that he was in. Wow. And and they knew each other. And again, I'm not going to say well, but well enough. And at his retirement in what was it, 2013? Okay. And shortly thereafter. Oh, gosh, it would have been like 15 or 16, I think. Probably 15. Uh, he wrote him a letter on October 1st, mm. and which is the feast day of yeah. St. Teresa the Little Flower. And he said, I will be in Italy, and I'm just passing through. But if 
is, is it possible for me to meet with you if only for like 15 minutes? And then at the bottom of it, he wrote, I'm writing this to you on St. Therese Lisieux's feast day. You can't possibly refuse the little <laughs> flower. And wouldn't you know it? That's awesome. He got a response back from Benny and said, yeah, I, I got about a half hour on such and such a day when you're there. Come, come swing by and have this letter with you and they'll let you in. Wow. And he got to sit down with Pope Benedict XVI for about 20 minutes and and just talk with him. Mm-hmm. And he brought a vocation poster for right. our diocese. Right. And he was very excited about so many men right. uh, being from our diocese. We had probably like 25 at the time well, on the and, poster. And at the time, too, so early on, a few years back, um, St. Vincent de Paul in, in Fort Wayne, there were, I think, as many as 13 men from that one parish, from from our from our home parish, from my mm-hmm. home parish, Your home that parish, were yeah. that were studying for for the priesthood, and and Benedict said, he said, oh, so many from your own parish, or yeah. something like that. So Dan, Father Dan yeah, Scheidt pointed out my picture, yeah. all <laughs> of the pictures of the right. guys from Saint Vincent de Paul. Right. So your the man you identify with from a fatherly standpoint has actually seen your face at some point in his life. Yeah. That's really cool, Dad. Yeah, I mean, it's like, isn't beautiful. that ridiculous? It's, I mean, it's just wonderful. It's a sign of, yeah, it's a sign of that interconnectedness of of the faith, and uh, or at least all all the members of the faith. The head has to be connected to the body somehow. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the head. So, I mean, yeah. So it's just cool, and and uh, of course there are many other reasons, especially especially um, some of the, the of the liturgical reform things that he really really tried to institute. I've 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 absolutely love him for, you know, <laughs> but, um, because it's just so important to the life of the faith. But, uh, but anyway, I wanted to make sure we, we sort of gave a proper congratulations to the Holy Father Emeritus oh, yeah. oh, on absolutely. this, on this, his seventh, 70th, uh, um, anniversary of ordination to the priesthood. You know, we, we said earlier on a couple episodes back, um, I think just before I was ordained that we wanted to, um, keep sharing this podcast as, as like, Try, trying to get more and more uh, looking into the life of the brotherhood of the priesthood. Oh, right? yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a brother priest with, you know... With Benny. With, with yeah, Holy with, with, Father with, Pope Benedict, with right? With Pope Emeritus. So... It's really an incredible, incredible connection. Again, it, I think I've said this once on this program, but I'll say it again. Like, there's only like 440,000 priests on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it right now. And going back in time, there haven't been all that many either. So, like, any Catholic priest shares that connection with a pope Mm -hmm. is is you're both priests of Jesus Christ, and it's it's an incredible kind of humbling thing. Mm -hmm. And what was it? I think it was um, good Pope John, uh, Saint John the Twenty Third. He was once receiving an audience, and he had archbishops and cardinals in the line, and then there was this guy who came up who was from America and. The guy was a little was very humble to meet meet the Pope, and he kissed his ring, and you know he says, "Oh, I think John asked him, he said, "You know, who are you?" <laughs> and he said, "Oh, holy Father, he says, "I'm no one i'm just a I'm just a parish priest and john the twenty third got down on his knees and kissed his hands and says, mm. he says, "You have the best job of us all wow, and the uh yeah, no, there it is, like there the, it is. the sharing of that that priestly brotherhood and fraternity, yeah, and what again, like fraternal, like yeah pe- popes are people too, and mm. like frater et pater, 
<laughs> and and Benny is so so human. Again, no yeah. another priest, uh, our instructor, one of our guys at the seminary, uh, was. Are the, you talking about the? I'm, I'm talking the about fun, Father the funny, McManus, the, the Funny Hat Society. Yeah, and he uh, he oh, was yeah, tell the story. Father this McManus hilarious. was. This is just a uh, story time about. Pope Benedict sixteen. Hey, that's great. And the random priests we know who happen to know him. Yeah, apparently. But I would love to. I would love if anybody out there like has an in and and he is hearing this. I would love to meet the Holy Father, even just very briefly. That'd be kind of cool. Just to tell him, Holy Father, I love you. Yeah. So, anyways, as a brother, as a brother, yeah. The brother, uh, brother and as a son. But duh. Can I tell my story? Please. Thanks. The. Um, <laughs> It's not even mine. It's Father McManus. But he was organizing the get-together when Pope Benedict visited the United States in 08, I think it was. And George W. Bush was still president. It was right at the end of his term. That's right. And second term. And they're they're bringing up all these religious leaders to meet with. Which, with which Father McManus 16. calls the Funny Hat Society. Because everybody's got a different shaped funny hat that they right. wear. Even you know, the Pope. Even the, the Pope. Uh, <laughs> right. right. Like, yeah, especially the Pope, right? Right. He's yeah. a member. And... <laughs> And he saw these people coming up who were wearing turbans. Benedict did. And he leaned over to uh, to McManus, who had done these arrangements. He said, who are these people? And he said, those those are Sikhs, Your Holiness. And he said, Sikh? Seek and you will find. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Seek and you will find. And, so, and yeah. I imagine McManus smiled wryly. Yeah. The, uh, uh, just don't say that they can hear you. <laughs> but yeah. And then, and then. They're doing another organization inside the the White House. I was on retreat last week, and McManus was the retreat leader. He told oh, this that's story. Right. That's right. And uh, there was a rabbi there who wrote the book, um, A Rabbi and Jesus in Conversation. And I can't for the life of me think of what his name is. I've heard of the I've heard of this book. Right. Well, yeah. well I'll have to look into it because I, we should probably have an episode on that book because because of what came out of this conversation. Mm. And in the middle of like this mass organization of getting people seated so they can have an audience with the Holy Father, McManus gets a note from uh, the Secretary of State, whoever that is right now, for our um, uh, for the Pope. Oh, for the, for Vatican. the Vatican. Oh, okay. Is, that and, Par- is it Parolin? I think it's... Well, that's currently the one. Oh, I don't know who it was time. under Ratzinger. Oh, okay, sure. And he opens it up, because that's important, and it says, the, His Holiness would like to meet this rabbi... Right now, yeah. <laughs> and so like he like goes pushing through the crowd looking for him, and apparently the rabbi's relatively short, and he finally finds him, <laughs> and uh, he says, "His Holiness would like to meet with you right now." He said, "Really?" He says, "Really?" And so he says, "You stay here." He went back. He got the Pope, and they pushed into this crowd, and Ratzinger went over to this rabbi, and he immediately reached out and shook his hand, and he says, "Your book." Ratzinger says this to the rabbi. He says, "Your book taught me more." about how Jesus, about the Jewishness of Jesus Christ than anything else I have ever read in my life. Wow. And the rabbi looked back at him and said, really? <laughs> <laughs> and they started talking to each other, and apparently uh, Benedict actually almost stopped the audience and tried to walk with him down the hall, and the Secret Service blocked off the hall oh and got him gosh. back into the room. Because all he wanted to do was talk scholarship with this Jewish rabbi oh, about wow. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, I mean, like he, he likes what he likes. He know? does. And he's a very human, personable, outgoing kind of guy who's, who's very quiet and humble. Like, as far as, like, world leaders go, you would never expect a guy like this to be on the world stage kind of thing. Right. And 
and he's just sort of like this humble professor from Bavaria, and who's also, you know, like we already said, light years ahead of us in intellect. And one of our one of our lay professors at seminary once said, he says, I wouldn't be surprised, he says, if in a hundred years they declare uh, Benedict the Sixteenth, one of the doctors of the church. Yeah. So he'll be in the same company of say Ambrose, Augustine, Therese, Lisieux. Yeah. 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 That's that's beautiful. Anyways, we could talk about. There's a lot of stuff you can talk about Benedict about. What else you I, want to mention? I know. Go yeah. Ahead. Well, so I I found this other little article. Yeah. Um, I believe it was published. Um, shoot. I guess this, so 2007, right? Yeah. So it says, when Pope Benedict XVI was ordained a bishop in March of 1987, he chose as his episcopal motto, Cooperatores Veritatis, which is cooperators with of the truth. Cool. Um, when, when asked why, he said, on the one hand, I saw it as the relation between my previous task as a professor and my new mission. In spite of different approaches, what was involved and continued to be so was following the truth and being at its service. On the other hand, I chose that motto because in today's world, the theme of truth is omitted almost entirely mm. as something too great for man, and yet everything collapses if truth is missing. <laughs> and the reason I say this is like, you know, some people are like, are a little critical of of both, well, Pope Benedict, as well as uh, Pope John Paul II, because they were kind of academic types, right? They were, no, they, they yeah. were, they were too much scholarly. That's you know why you know why we we need someone who's no, different a, from it's that. It's a broad accusation, sure. Well, I, but I've heard the accusation made, nevertheless. Sure. So, um, nonetheless, so it's sort of interesting, though. You really need somebody, and this isn't this isn't sort of any sort of a jab at Pope Francis, but I mean, in the from the perspective of of John Paul II and and uh, Benedict the Sixteenth, these mm-hmm. guys who were both like just wicked smart, yeah. right? <laughs> to you put know, it mildly, to yes. put it mildly. So the necessity of having a foundation in the truth, right? Every every bad worldly ideology mm-hmm. comes from comes from some sort of faulty philosophy, sure, right? People like Karl Wojtyla and Josef Ratzinger, mm-hmm. like. These guys understand the underpinnings of reality in a way that most people don't, right? Well, yeah. For them to be, I mean, and not just saying that from a theological perspective, not just saying that from, uh, from, from like a faith-based perspective. Even but- the simple raw material of these men is just is deep. It's the kind of people you want on right. your side in any debate. Right? Is is their their mental capabilities? Their their QM? Is that it? Anyways. But I don't sure. know if that's a word. I, I I'm positive know. that's a word. I'll look it up later. <laughs> the, but but they're sharp. It's not a word and, in the vocabulary. And they also are priests, and they're also popes. Right. And right. And that made a world of difference. Right. Well, and there were there were a lot of things that happened in in maybe the previous um, one or two generations. Right. Really, really big ideological shifts that happened. Right. In which it was probably a really good thing that we had a couple guys who were really smart. <laughs> oh, yeah, who were really good at, at understanding truth. Right. At and, and, seeing the, uh, what would uh, Thomas well, Aquinas call it, the uh, making distinctions. Oh, yeah, sure. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. The ability to make distinctions and, and, and see into, you know, the foundational philosophies of things that come their way. Mm-hmm. Right? They, they, had, they had philosophy and, and theology both ready at hand. And, oh, yeah. And, and just in their mind, Do right? Do you know what Ratzinger had on his nightstand, uh, the book? 
It was a book of Nietzsche's philosophy. Oh, wow. He would read that. Speaking of Germans. To, yeah. How about that? I never actually made that connection. There you go. But, but on top of it all, again, like he understood philosophy. He understood bad philosophy and good philosophy. Right. And he was able to grapple with it. That's the exactly. thing. Exactly. Again, right? it was a sparring partner. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, he can get in there and say, ah, "I'm not sure you mm, you don't have the right eh, whatever." He can he can kind of pick, well, he, he can, can pick these things apart. He can make the distinctions right. and say, "This is where you've gone wrong, and this is why everything else that follows, you know, makes sense, but only from this point of view of like heterodoxy or heresy or right. or just nonsensical philosophy." But here's your problem right there. Right. And he was so desperate, as you just pointed out, so desperate to correct it. Right. Uh, he would again. Well, no, truth, he says, is is the fundamental underpinning. And when you get away from that, everything else falls apart. And, of course, I am the the way and the truth and the life, Jesus Christ. You know, truth isn't just like this personless principle. It is a person. Mm -hmm. And you can have a relationship with that person. Right. With three persons, as a matter of fact. But the... (laughs) Okay, sure. but, But there it is, is is at his core, he is a man, Ratzinger, Benedict XVI, the Pope Emeritus, is a man who has very much met Jesus Christ mm. and fallen in love with him. Yeah. And then his own personal characteristics and traits and talents, he is simply put at the service of that person, of right. the person of Jesus Christ. Right. And from that... In all his humility, mm-hmm. everything else has, has flown. Uh, I mean, they used to call him, what was it? God's Rottweiler, I yeah. think, is what they used to call <laughs> yeah. him back when he was in charge of the CDF. Right. Which, again, was really, because he was very orthodox, and he was very serious. He and took he, his job seriously. He was, a, he was a good watchdog. He was. But at the same time, like, you, as we just got done describing these little stories about this man. Mm-hmm. Again, he's not even very tall. The I know. And he's actually, like... You know, he doesn't have sort of like the uh, the stereotypical German voice. He's not an Arnold, Schwar- Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. Yeah, he's not. He's not a, a, um, a meat your theology up. Yeah, that's right. But the um, <laughs> Hans and Franz. Yeah, Hans, Hans and Franz. Hans and Franz. But the uh, we have to pump you up. It's he, he's he's actually he's kind of very slightly, you know, and just and very quiet and reserved. Right. In a it's lot only of ways. gotten more slightly as the well, decades have marched on. He's, okay. Yeah. How old is he? Yeah. Uh, Ninety six, I think. Ninety six. If I'm not wrong, let me God see. Let me just do a quick thing here. Um, but yeah. So, what was happening? So, just another example, right? Um, when when some of the things that Father Charles Curran, oh had, yes, you know, so, started to pop back up in the 80s. Let's talk about like bad theology here for a sec. Well, yeah. yeah. Charles Curran was yeah, really big ahead. about um so what was it came out Humani Vitae Humani Vitae came out and he was a CUA yeah right? penned by uh St Paul the 6th right and and Curran says we don't have to listen to this and god bless Curran he's still alive too um but yeah. he basically said you were free to dissent from the church's teaching on contraception right and, and there, there were a lot of things tied up with like you know the, the place of the theologian in the church. You know the place mm-hmm. of you know does a theologian have the the authority the, to countermand right. the pope right. on a on a principle of faith? Yeah. And anyways, and Kerwin made all these interesting arguments. We'll say and leave it at that. 
Ratzinger basically came down and said, because it showed back up, you, like you said, in the 80s. Right. And Ratzinger's in charge of CDF. He's in charge of the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith. And he's very gentle with Curran for being mm-hmm. God's Rottweiler. He doesn't mm-hmm. rip the man apart right. for you know, basically telling the Pope, you, know, you can't run the Catholic Church. And, <laughs> and he's very gentle with him, right. but he's firm. Mm-hmm. And he called him in, and they had a very as I understand it, kind conversation. But at the end of it, Ratzinger said, you know, you can't be a professor of Catholic theology if you hold these principles. And so he, he doesn't teach right. uh, well, that anymore. Well, but, he, he doesn't teach it in a, in a Catholic university. In a Catholic university. Unfortunately, where is he at? Like Southern Methodist Down University? Down in Texas still. Is That's he still a, teaching? I don't know if he's still teaching anymore. God bless him. At least he was. Yeah. But he was teaching pur- purportedly Catholic theology to... People at a at a, I think I, I'm pretty sure at a, a, Methodist, a Methodist university. Feel, so it's yeah. kind of like, um, well, anyways. The so God so, bless him. but God bless Curran and yeah. God bless God bless Ratzinger, right. who is a father, right? Father first and foremost, mm-hmm. and again, not a a vicious, bloodthirsty man who's like you stepped out of bounds. I break you in half. But he did. But he did lay down the truth. But he right? did. But you know what's our own bishop's motto? Truth and charity. Right. Exactly. The uh, but. Which Ratzinger would behind is would be behind as well. Well, yeah, any any Catholic is right. The uh, supposed to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, not, we're not we're not perfect at it. No, we're but. not. There's such a thing as confession too. Yeah, and the but there it was was Ratzinger got things back in line and is gently mm-hmm. as he could, but in all in all honesty, he's this has to be the line, and it is. And there's his father for you, right, right. there. There's there's police officer Ratzinger. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. I never actually That's thought right. of that from that angle either. Yeah. It's amazing how your father influences you so much. It's true. Like, but it, even like even like a man so so different in a manner of speaking as as Joseph was from his own father, because mm-hmm. I don't think his father studied the books at all. Right. And but but also think about the position that that uh, Joseph Ratzinger's dad was probably in. In Nazi Germany. Oh, it was ugly. I'm sure he was just all it sorts was... of torn apart on the inside between trying to love, you know, homeland and trying to love the the church and, and trying to and, enforce and actual law, right? And trying to work within the bounds of of whatever he was being given in mm-hmm. Nazi Germany. I imagine, I imagine that probably tortured the poor man. You know? Oh, I, but I don't even know how his father died. Do you? I don't know anything about that. Yeah. We we really should look that up at some point. Right. I'm, I'm speculating. I'm I'm imposing. Well, no, I do know for a fact that he was very much. He was very much a Catholic. Yeah. Like he didn't have like where does his son learn the faith on from his father? Right. And his father was very much against uh, all the organizations that were popping up during the Weimar Republic, to include the Nazis, Mm. uh, but, you know, the communists, too, and the anarchists, and all these other groups that were, you know, showing up right as the chaos was beginning in the 20s and the 30s. Bad ideologies. Bad ideologies. Coming from bad philosophies. And there it is. And there's your father basically trying to keep law and order, you know, centered on God Mm -hmm. and and functioning. And that's that's the man that this, this kid experienced and that was his experience of fatherhood Mm -hmm. and like i said and so different such a different type again probably way smarter than his dad and very capable heck his brother was a professor too wasn't he is his brother still alive 
Georg has gone to the Lord. God bless. Yeah, so, I think this last year, Georg Ratzinger, Father Ratzinger, who's also a priest. Right. He's also a priest, right? right? So as far as the fraternity of the priests go, there was a legitimate fraternity, a very a much more even even biological legitimately uh, fraternity there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Ratzinger yeah. had a brother who was also a priest, and I think he was a um, he was more of a musician. He was a like oh. a, like he was a, he was a teacher of music. I'm pretty sure, if I remember right. I may I may be speaking well, no, completely why not? wildly wrong about that. It's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mm, can't do that. Yeah, we'll have the, the head of the CDF coming down on our heads. He uh, wasn't a musician. <laughs> <laughs> Faith and morals? What? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So anyway, um, but no, there it is. Is it's amazing the things you learn from your fathers, yeah. and obviously you in a much bigger way than me. And again, I'm I'm absolutely impressed and blown away by the man Mm -hmm. uh you identify with the pope emeritus in a very fatherly way which is great praise god Mm -hmm. praise god for it what a gift and like i said and he's seen you Mm -hmm. like that's (laughs) that's incredible that's absolutely stark raving incredible so good for you brother well and i I learned he's 94 94. but uh, but yeah i mean he's he's approaching the end of his life here you know i'm sure within within the, the next couple years we'll probably have you know we'll be Bringing out the uh, the, so you the, the, say that the black the black buntings. appointments of mm-hmm. yeah the bunting uh, for the churches and stuff like that and we'll be ringing the bells. You say that, but he could live to be like hundred and ten. Yeah, who knows, right? Right. But I mean, we're at the end ish of his of his yeah, life. Okay, and but fewer days ahead than there are behind. That's Fine. true. Yeah. So so I mean, it would be something that would be you know for those of for anyone of you who, who are listeners, dear listeners, who are involved with. Uh, I don't know, direct decoration of the church. Keep in mind that when a pope dies, like you have you have work to do, you know, mm-hmm. and there there are particular things and talk to your pastors, make sure that's gonna happen. Because I mean It's a beautiful tradition. Yeah. It's for one thing it's a beautiful tradition in the church, but also, I mean, the man the man, in all humility and 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 proper, you know, right conduct, he deserves that that level of respect, right? And any pope really does because yeah, love be- your popes. Because I mean, love hey Papa. again, we're on the fe- this feast of Saint Peter and Saint Paul. Um you know the first pope and and his his frater his brother right mm-hmm. so i mean yeah we're looking into the sea of peter that was oh that's one of my i i, I tell the story all the time i've told it multiple times from the pulpit what the story of george cardinal pell who's or not pell sorry um george uh yeah no cardinal, cardinal george, george his cardinal yeah. george his, his actual name anyway in so in chicago right who's gone to the lord um he was on the balcony that day when Pope Benedict walked out for the first time and greeted the people in St. Peter's Square. Mm-hmm. And you can see this look on Cardinal George's, Francis George, that's his name, Cardinal Francis George, uh, looking out into the crowd, sort of with just like, uh, sort of a, a wondered look on his face. And later on, someone interviewed him and they said, you know, Cardinal George, what were you thinking about when you were looking out into the crowds? Like everyone else is like partying on the balcony right, right, and they're like, yeah, 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 they're all clapping and everything. Yeah. And he's like, you know, staring out into the, into the dark and, and, you know, he was just sort of wondering and he says, you know, here is Peter and you're referring to Pope Benedict. Mm-hmm. Where is Caesar? Mm. Right. You know, this, this city, Rome had, you know, they, they had a self-proclaimed Pontifex Maximus, great bridge builder emperors for Once upon a time. centuries and centuries right. or whatever, and they're all gone. Mm-hmm. They don't exist anymore. Who took their place? Well, the one they crucified and hung upside down on the cross mm-hmm. in this very place, 
his successors run this town now. <laughs> but more than that, it's not about temporal rule, right? Not it's, at all, because he really doesn't run the town. No, he but, doesn't. But but I mean, but he's but like, there. But here is Peter. Mm-hmm. Where here is, is Caesar? Peter. Where is Caesar? Again, the yeah. and that's true of Francis too. It's just you know, in that moment, right? That's true of the popes. Yeah. It's true of the popes. The right. God takes ordinary men, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. and and says, and now lead my body on earth. Yeah. And any man to is, Petrus. is humbled by that experience. God help the Pope who isn't. And mm. anyways, we won't take a stroll down history. Yeah. We'll we'll do that some other time. Alexander the Sixth. Yeah. But, Julius the Second. Anyway, drop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great well, schoolers the, listen to this, you know. I know. Anyway. <laughs> hey, you know what? Okay. Gotta learn so, history church anyway. So but but there it is. Pray for your popes, brothers and sisters, because yeah. your emeritus and your currents, yeah. and even the ones who have gone to the Lord, please God, yeah. you know, say prayers for them, um, because they're just like you. They're, yep. they're just humans like you, yep. and they need prayers, and they have their own joys and their own loves and their own struggles. Mm-hmm. And But man, does God smile on them and allow them to suddenly be the focal point of the church's prayer. Yeah. What an incredible again it's a burden. Holy smokes yeah. is it an incredible Challenge. way to be the the head of the Roman Catholic Church. And then what also an incredible gift because theoretically you have as many as a billion people praying for you on a semi-daily basis. Yep. The your name gets mentioned in the sacred liturgy oh, as a staple. Ad nauseum. <laughs> I mean that's 400,000 times a day approximately. Crazy. Yeah. The uh so, Isn't that nuts? That is. So pray for your popes, because they're given to you by God. And, and you may thank God for, for all of them, for, for the pontificate. Mm-hmm. So praise God. Yeah. Happy Feast of Saints Peter and Paul on this, on this 29th day of June. And, uh, you know, say an extra prayer for Pope Benedict today as he celebrates 70 years of priestly ordination. Yes. Um, you know. Praise pa- God. Pater et frater. Mm-hmm. You know, he's our father. And brother in this priesthood. So, you know, we, we love him very much. We wish him all the best and uh, um, to be safely brought home in the Lord's time. So, yeah. All right. I think that about wraps it up. Um, my friends. Is that about rat singers it up? Rat singers it up. That's, yeah. that's not even close. And not, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not as sorry as you're going to be. Make call. <clears throat> anyway. Anyways. So, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook and you can email us. That stuff's all in the description. Um, and uh, yeah, um, subscribe, uh, like, leave reviews and stuff like that. That helps to sort of get the get the word out about this crazy thing that we're doing. In all humility, I think I, I think what we're doing is is continuing to to spread the the gospel message in, in a and way that's faithful. And if it isn't, may God destroy us. Oh yeah, so. I mean, <laughs> send fire from heaven, Lord. Right. Um, <laughs> well, I'd also like some time to repent. But <laughs> so anyway, anyway, God bless you. Thank you for listening. And as always, day is fault. Yeah.